Hello and welcome to episode 112 of GameSpot After Dark. I am your host, Tamor Hussain, and I am joined by the one, the only, you already know, it's Jean-Luc Hey, Saki. how you do, baby? Oh, God. You hate yes. to hear it. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk yet. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Guests aren't supposed to talk. That laughter. <laughs> That laughter you hear, that laughter you hear, it's over now, of course, because that is Jordan. What up, what up? And that voice you heard earlier speaking out of turn is the one we call Peaches and Cream, Michael P. The P still stands for Pino. Hi, what it do, baby? Yeah, fuck y'all. Uh, <laughs> in case you're wondering, <laughs> in case you're wondering what all those weird uh, phrases were, those were all the titles of one twelve songs. Oh, I was gonna say one twelve is one of uh, one of the four of my favorite R and B groups, which was Drew Hill, one twelve, Blackstreet, and ooh ooh, uh, Jagged Edge. I think that's a strong yes. quartet. That is a powerful oh, yes. quartet. You got Black Street in Hell there, yeah. so I'm happy. I'm good. I'm good. Of course, we are welcoming back Michael Haim to the podcast. He said he was going to be back, and he's living and we up back, to his and word. And we back. He's the only one. Uh, we back. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> I love my wife. That is, of course, <laughs> Chance the Rapper, who fell hey, off in a way that hey, I could put never some, Put some respect on Chance. Chance is doing a lot more than <laughs> rap now. He's like expanding his yeah, his medium rapping. empire, and he's like yeah. been really low key. And if you watch him on interviews, he's just like a real hmm. humble, chill dude. He's just like I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's I, he's a nice guy. I can't say I'm I'm massively into Chance the Rapper, but I'm into Chance yes, the Philanthropist. Yes. He's hella right funny, and the Chance the Social. Yeah, he's funny. He's cool. He had that moment where he was like, I was standing behind Kanye, and Kanye was like fully like MAGA and he was like I'm standing <laughs> behind Kanye and everyone was like Chance just let go man. Oh, like, oh, it's okay I hate it's to okay. see that um, you truly hate to see it but you know what to see Delta hey. which is out mm. now and we've got two most appropriate people to speak about it we've got Jean-Luc huge fan of uh, Undertale and the other are you, are you a fan of Undertale, Michael? I've never heard you talk Excuse about you? it. Excuse you? Excuse you. I can't tell if Tam's joking or not. <laughs> I, owe an, I, owe, uh, I owe Toby Fox my career in games media by extension wow. of, Good. Uh, by like some wow. weird association. But uh, yeah, Deltarune. Oh my God, yo. We're going to start <laughs> with Deltarune? Is how's, that what we're going to do? How's it going? We're, going with, we're starting with Deltarune. Let's ah, go. All right. That's why y'all brought top me off here. With your top off. Uh, yeah. All right. Let me get shirtless real quick. Ah, we don't do video on this shit no more. But uh, uh, who the fuck is we? Us. Uh, okay. I don't know. Uh, shit. Yo, okay. Deltarune. Uh, first off, I want to say, uh, be sure to check out 99 Potions, a hot fan bite podcast. What we do is spoiler cast. Hasn't even been like five minutes. <laughs> hasn't wow. even been five minutes. Uh, no, the, but y'all should stick around here for, for at least an hour. Uh, but, um, so Deltarune dr hot drop on Friday. Cause, so this is the second chapter of Toby Fox's, uh, alternate Undertale universe, I guess you could say. And... It was like, it came out of nowhere. No one expected it. 
it was uh wednesday after like an undertale um was an anniversary stream yeah, six, six, year six, anniversary. Year anniversary. Yeah, six year anniversary stream and then at the end it's like boom surprise deltarune chapter two is dropping on friday in two days and it's fucking wild like i remember when deltarune dropped on halloween in 2018 the first chapter dropped and that was a huge God, surprise because years because it was yeah yo it, i know and i was watching back the stream i did with tay where i was dressed up as goro majima and i was like yo what the hell is this because it came out of nowhere um and we're like holy shit there's another piece of the undertale multiverse i guess you could say and undertale means a lot of things i've spoken about undertale in various capacities uh through my time at GameSpot, and yeah, that game means a lot to me. And then so when Deltarune dropped, it was just kind of this really overwhelming feeling that, holy shit, there's more. I can't believe this. And it was an incredible experience. So Deltarune Chapter 2 dropped by a surprise again. And it was that it was that sort of feeling all over again. But there's a lot more to it because, okay, how about I start with this? When you boot up Deltarune Chapter 2, you see that there are slots in the main menu for it up to Chapter 7. So there is three, four, five, six, and seven chapters in the Deltarune story that are planned. And this is only chapter two. This is this. I feel like this is this is exactly. It makes me feel exactly how I felt when James Cameron was like, "I've got thirty-two Avatar movies I'm working on." <laughs> yeah, except like I'm excited actually. <laughs> except know? I actually care about this. <laughs> I actually care. <laughs> yeah, but oh. but like but like also like to that point, it's the same feeling I have when like uh, Corey's like, "Hey, by the way, God of War is going to be a." duology because it's going to take us like forever to make a trilogy of uh-huh. uh god of war games mm. or in the same way people are like oh yeah final fantasy 7 remake is the first part of yes. a multi-part series i'm like dude you've only covered like very early of this game this is going yeah. to take like 20 years if not longer to cover <laughs> the entire story at the pace that you're going so the fact that he's like yeah. releasing at chapters and you're telling me there's like well, so he's said that that because um, because chapter one was basically like mostly him by himself yeah. um, with with some assistance. Chapter two, uh, like partway through, he was like, guys, I need some help with this. And like kind of like put out the call, got a bunch of people in. And uh, the according yeah. to the blog, he said, like, a lot of the framework has now been laid out in chapter two that they can then use. Mm. To build mm-hmm. the rest of the chapters, so I think the rest of the chapters should come at a much faster pace. Uh, I think he said that chapters three, four, and five are going to come out at the same As time. Once, yeah. So, so it's not going to be like every three years we're getting one fucking Delta Room yeah. chapter. Yeah, yeah. So the ne- next thing that's I, lined up is going to be a huge chunk, but chapter two, like obviously we're not going to talk about spoilers because uh, like that's not what this uh, what this is uh, going to be. But potassium. <sighs> my god yes bananas um the chapter two so the thing with chapter one is that you play through it and i feel like uh you come away with more questions than answers because there's a lot of connections to undertale that aren't overly stated Mm -hmm. you see a lot of similarities you see a lot of the same characters but everything's been shuffled around and you kind of just don't know how to make sense of it if especially if you're like an undertale diehard fan it's like what does this all mean and then kind of when you go into chapter two, that that groundwork has already been laid, like the battle system, the characters, the kind of the, the world, the concepts are already there. So the the expectations are very different uh, going into chapter two. 
And I feel like there's just even more questions. Like some questions have been answered, but holy shit, does chapter two like open its entire, yeah. uh, open up the entire story to even more questions? And the fact that there are seven chapters is it's almost comforting in a way because you're like, oh, I'm. I've worked like <laughs> the fact like Undertale exists on its own and it could have been just that and Toby Fox could have just been like you know what I'm not doing anything anymore and it's mm. just this really overwhelming feeling of I can't believe where where this can go because there's so much there's so much to work with there's so much uh, there's so many cool things that they could do and the thing about chapter two is that there's a lot you can see that there's a lot more production values because if like I love chapter one but you can see in many parts where it's bare bones in terms of its uh like its dungeon mm. design uh some of the some of the things that it, uh, that it asks you to do in terms of environmental puzzles it felt uh somewhat bare bones especially towards the end of that chapter so with chapter two like the impression you get the impression right away once you step into the cyber world which is the new kind of piece of the dark world that you're going into for chapter two your first impression is when you're on that little escalator thing and you're looking over the city skyline and it's just like this beautiful vivid visual of a like this this bustling city and the music starts playing and you're there with the characters from chapter one and it's just like this like I I I I almost I got teary eyed because I was like, holy shit! This is this is now the level that Deltarune is being presented at. This is now the new norm for something of the, from the Undertale lineage, and it felt really really cool to know that that this is what it is now. And yeah, I I think it shows that you know Toby Fox has a lot more. He's working with a lot more people. He has a lot more resources, and it shows in a lot of the the different things that the, you do in Chapter Two with the environmental puzzles, with some of the some of the way the battle battle mechanics kind of twist and change, and that, like you expect those things from Undertale, like those uh, to like your expectations to be subverted, and they do it in very very uh, new and different ways with Chapter Two. It's really cool. It's it, I I like it a lot. Um, I don't think it necessarily hits you with the same sort of uh, overwhelming feeling that you get in chapter one because chapter one was like this first impression of something completely new. But chapter two is like, okay, like you could see how this is a segment in a much larger story. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so yeah, cool, you, man. It's like chapter two is like <laughs> fleshing out the, like what, what it kind of set up. Because, yeah, it's like that first chapter is like, oh, shit, like what's going on? Like more do more undertale let's yeah. go like there's all my boys and, ah, and you're like really excited about it uh where this one i i think something i really appreciate about this chapter is that um they are they're devoting a lot more time to uh the new characters still and and yes. they're keeping the undertale characters more in the background i kind of compared it to like the second season of digimon like ah, Ty and the wow. other crew, like they're still there in the background, but we're we're here about this new Digi Destiny. Why would you say something specifically on. to make me <laughs> play the second <laughs> chapter? <laughs> and and uh, I I think there's there's a lot of really really excellent character development. Oh uh, You get yes. some really great stuff with like uh like Susie. They they intru- uh they bring back in uh Noelle, who is uh, kind of had like a really small role in the first chapter, and she kind of comes back in a in a major way, and and um. Do this stuff with like, I want to get into it, but like, you know, like Rousey's like, oh my god, she's yeah. so adorable. And like, some of the stuff that happens there, I was like, oh, let's go. Like, oh man, like the my um, my 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 my, my like ship brain was like, it was like tingling. I was like, oh, oh, yes, yes, things are happening, relationships are developing, and you know, I'm 
I'm very curious to see where that goes. Because uh, I, I think Toby Fox has said it's not going to have, like, the level of interactivity and deviation as Undertale. But you can make a couple choices that I'm like, is this going to lead to something? I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, a, uh, question, a question for you, too. Uh, as someone who has not played Deltarune Chapter 1 since 2018, uh, not because I didn't like it. I loved the first chapter. I just... Games just keep coming out, and I just don't have time hey, to really go back and replay things. Uh, the references back to the first chapter, are they, like, deep cuts? Like, should I go back and replay chapter one ahead of chapter two, or can I just kind of jump into chapter two? And if I can remember the basic strokes, I should be I think you'd be fine, because I also hadn't played since, uh, like, it first came out. Yeah, me so, too. And, and, and I was like... It, like it took me a minute. I was like, "Oh right, yeah, you, you, yep, yep, okay, got it." Like it, it, it just <laughs> it'll, takes it'll, a second. It all click, yeah. It all kind of cool, comes cool. back to you. Yeah, especially quickly. in the in the very beginning, um, you have there's a moment where you can just like kind of chill and check in with uh, sort of the characters from chapter one, and I think that's when all the pieces started to fall back into place for me. I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool, I'm I'm kind of up to speed." All right, now let let's let's go ahead and do this. But yeah, to your point, Jean Luc, where there's a lot of character development that's that also speaks to how like the how broad the vision is for Deltarune. Mm -hmm. uh, like they're setting up a lot of pieces like that that you wouldn't do in a standalone six five six hour game. So th these things that you're playing now in chapter two are going to pay off, and I see it paying off in the uh, further chapters. And yeah. also there's. <laughs> There's a lot of mysteries going on. There's a like Undertale and Deltarune love to do this where they like drop some like what you think might be like a throwaway line or a throwaway dialogue box or something tucked away in a corner. Oh, yeah. But it has like huge like implications for the lore and uh, like the truth of what mm. actually is happening. Because if you play Undertale, you go into this like, yo, what the fuck is what is this? It's kind of unsettling in a really weird way because it's a shuffling of something that you already know. Like, is this connected? How is it connected? Uh, there are obviously clear references to things that happen in Undertale with this. It's like, I I don't know. It's um, especially with the the nature of who Rosse is. Uh, there's a lot of uh, subtle hints uh, about. Oh, my God. This is yeah to get it to say any more would be, be tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this like, God damn, y'all should. Yeah, this is this is yeah something. It's special. really good. Um, and also I think the, it's the so new, funny. It's so fun, dude. The new villain. Oh fucking my god, the funniest. She's so good. Maybe, she's maybe the funniest character Toby Fox has written. She's yeah. so <laughs> funny. Same with same with Birdly. Birdly is they have a good dynamic. You you love to hate him. You yeah. love to hate him. Oh, he's he's resident himbo of of the Delta Delta Rune. Mad, like, mad, like just fucking mad papyrus himbo, energy. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, yeah, yeah, like papyrus, but like he sucks. Like yeah, but like in a good way. In a good way. Uh, I mean, like you love him, but you're also like, no, this guy sucks. This guy's a douchebag. Like papyrus is like a lovable idiot. Birdly is just like yeah. an idiot, idiot. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that queen is such a good villain. 
She's so funny, and like the whole the whole concept of the quote cyber world is early internet days. So it's a lot of uh, jokes and gags based on early internet stuff, and that stuff plays into the combat system and the enemies that you fight against. So like the whole nature of showing mercy and sparing your enemies, a lot of the actions that you do are jokes within and of themselves. Like you'll have an enemy called pop up, and then you'll have uh, two actions either click or block. Uh, and if you hit click and it's like, hey, 10 more enemies popped up because they're pop ups. And if you click them, they'll pop up. And then it's like, oh, shit. And then you hit block and it's like, OK, you have to like hit triangle a bunch of times to block all the pop ups that are coming up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. OK, cool. You, you've clicked out of all of it. it's there's so many good gags and it doesn't yeah. ne- it never feels like it's trying too hard or trying to be too memey. It's very much like if you understand if you if you vibe with uh, Undertale's humor, it's it's that all over again, but in a different uh, from a different perspective. It's really really good. It's really well yeah, done. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it feels natural. Like yeah, yes. n- nothing about yeah. It's just it's just Toby Fox, dude. Nothing. No one hits like Toby Fox. Yeah, As, I, I I do have like one more question. I'm sorry, I'm asking so many. I'm like because it. This is one of those things. I I really struggle with. Uh, most episodic games like like don't tell nobody mm. but i have not played life is strange 2 not because it didn't look interesting but just Ooh. because i'm like i do not want to play an episode one of something and then have to wait months on end to play episode two and then wait again to play uh episode three but i really liked delta rune chapter one just because even though it was clearly like the first chapter of something it also felt very complete like it was almost like this is almost just like a game in and of itself like clearly there's more story here Mm -hmm. but also you could just kind of play chapter one and be like okay cool that was nice i can kind of be done ish with deltarune here if i wanted to be is chapter two like fairly self contained where like it ends on a note where i'm like i am satisfied with what i played or does it end like in a way where it's like ah, god damn it now i have to wait i mean definitely definitely i would say the latter but (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably the latter the overarching like narrative like in 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 the cyber world is resolved but i mean yeah that it it, that it pulls a delta rune ends on like a big old thing and you're like ah yeah i i don't know i kind of compare it to like a like a like a book series where it's like okay, you're gonna get like here's the next book in the Delta Rune saga, and we're gonna it's gonna have a good story, but then you know they're gonna leave you with some shit at the end because they want you to buy book three, and you know, uh, so I don't know. Uh, it's also way longer than chapter one. It's like it took me like seven hours to beat. Oh, uh, really? For like yeah. chapter one took me like uh, three. Um, hmm. So it's it's a, it's a meaty it's a meaty amount of thing. That's should free. I be playing chapter two to discuss it for game of the year conversations, or should I be waiting nah. until Delta Rune chapter seven comes out to talk about Delta Rune as a that's that's a thing. good question yeah. because like I guess the question is like uh, Undertale had a moment where it hit hot. it was a meteor strike right like it was massive it everyone kind of gathered around it in this one moment and played it in its totality and it became a cultural moment. And for a lot of us, like going into Delta Rune, we're looking for more of that. We crave that, right? We want to have, in many ways, as as sad as it might be sound, like we want to have ourselves defined by another game like Undertale, right? Because a mm-hmm. lot of us are who we are because of Undertale. Or mm. A lot of people would say that. Do you think this episodic structure and the time it takes between them precludes it from having that kind of impact? 
I would say so. We we also t- t- discussed this on <laughs> ninety nine potions. You know oh what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Never. Heard no, of it. I think I think <laughs> love it. I think cha- I think chapter two is like per- I would put it on my personal game of the year list straight up. Mm. But I don't think like if if there's not enough uh, rallying behind it, I don't think I'm gonna. I would fight for it because. If 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 someone comes comes out with the argument that's like this is a segmented thing that doesn't tell like it does tell a complete story but it's the the broader implication is outside of chapter two itself so it it, it is hard to kind of argue for it as like game of the year status or like in that conversation I would argue for it but I also wouldn't like I wouldn't try convincing someone otherwise because it is it's such a unique and different kind of thing that. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know yeah. when when it comes game of the year time and like I'll be like, hey, Deltarune was this is that. I think it should be recognized uh, for this. What do y'all think? And if the prevailing argument is like, well, I mean, we have a lot of games and this is like only a segment of a much larger picture. It's kind of hard to gauge that with everything else. I'm like, yeah, all right, I get it. I, I, yeah, I would agree, and I would say as far as like in the context of sort of the larger like. Uh, you know societal context of like is it going to have the same impact as undertale like probably not just because i do think like 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 you said that meteor strike of like undertale just destroying everything in 2015 uh Mm -hmm. it was like huge but i would also say like you know uh i think a lot of people like had that impact with undertale remember it fondly but then kind of left but a lot of people kind of forget that like there's been that fan base that is just like just just seeped into the into the internet and, and gaming culture and just has like planted their their undertale roots for years with all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And those people are are kind of like in the background making that fan art, like, you know, like writing up their like stuff about it. Fan and fiction all over the place, they're, man. They're fan fiction. They're <laughs> dirty fan fiction. And so I think that that kind of energy is just going to continue to build around delta rune like over time and i so i i can see it becoming this thing where it doesn't feel like this just massive thing that comes out of nowhere but like one day you're gonna wake up and like dude everyone's drawn fucking delta rune fan art like it's just gonna like i I think it's just gonna happen like by by the time the final thing comes out like suddenly it's gonna be everywhere i think Uh, i think i think it has a has a chance when three uh chapters three to five come out also i think it has a chance to who knows like toby fox is completely unpredictable in terms of what what the the kind of storytelling that like what he's gonna pull off he has so many more chapters to surprise us uh to fuck with our expectations so i don't think like delta doesn't necessarily have that cultural impact right now uh but Mm. i think that they're like when three four and five come out uh and based on what happens in that fifth chapter to lead into six and seven, I think it can. It, it ha- like the fact if you, when you put them all together, each is each, I imagine each chapter is going to be about five hours. So at that point you're going to have like a, like a 20 to 25 hour game with all those chapters. And yeah. assuming that chapter five is going to leave off on a cliffhanger. I think there's an opportunity to make a different kind of impact. That's just as large is what I'll say. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to check it out. I'm gonna, but another game that uh, I'm currently checking out or planning to check out is Death Stranding 
Director's Cut, which John Luke has been playing and reviews hey. are now live or live for and seem to be as divisive as the original game. Death Stranding it has was like released in 2019. Um and now this new version's got some extra bits in it, but largely seems to be the game, same game. John Luke, how are you getting on with it? What do you think of it? Uh, dude, it's it's more uh, it's more Death Stranding. Uh, I really I really like it. Uh, it. It's 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 one of those things where I would say the things I liked about it are already what was there, and the new stuff has. It, it, and I haven't finished it. But right. I played a, a little bit of the new stuff, and I would say it's fine. It's like, ah, you know, okay. You put racing in the game. That's cool. Handles okay. Um, you put a cannon catapult thing in the game. That's pretty neat. There's a, a little uh, pair of legs that will carry my stuff for me and follow me around. It's pretty cute. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, but <laughs> nothing about it, like, dramatically alters the game um in a in a in a way that i felt like oh like uh, like ah yes this was like the this is the director's cut i was waiting for exactly uh with the exception of maybe like the the visual uh the like visual and frame rate enhancements um but uh, you know that's of course if you didn't already get it mm. on pc which kind of had that stuff but for console players i do think it's like a pretty cool upgrade um of course they're blowing leaves right now while i'm talking um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like i it the like that game uh running at 60 fps i think just like enhances that experience a lot and like m makes it more enjoyable the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback i think are fantastic uh like like having that like the pressure sensitivity on the triggers like at like you're like feeling it on your fingers as Sam is like trudging up a hill and you're like, Oh yeah. Like it, it, it's one of those things that like sounds really gimmicky. Um, and I, and I don't think, uh, they go like, there are some games that have like maybe gone too hard on the adapter triggers where like, it feels like a little, mm. maybe a little too much. I don't think this does. I think this strikes a good balance where I didn't find it like annoying, but I did feel like it, 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 it was adding to my experience. You can also turn it off if that stuff does bother you, of course, but uh yeah it, it's it's good um they added like i don't know it, they just like added it's like kojima like he just like adding shit like he added a uh, the, the firing range which is like straight up like metal gear solid like yeah. ride in vr missions where like you're in like this dome and like it's like a this giant hollow room from like the x-men and he uh he even does like kind of like the like the uh, like the fist up like yeah I did it at the end um, which is like very much referencing um, yeah. Metal Gear and I'm like alright like that's cool um, you know the actual playing of those VR missions you're like oh okay I'm doing like a little stealth challenge or I'm throwing grenades at BTs and you're like eh, like that's alright it's not really like the thing that I necessarily loved about Death Stranding so I'm you know like I messed for it a little bit and was like ah oh, this is cool but it's not what I'm looking for. Um, the more interesting thing is the the new mission they added, where uh, you actually like have to stealth through this this like hidden bunker, and that's kind of where where a lot of like the like I guess metal geariness uh, that Kojima's kind of trying to seed in there. Um, that stuff's cool because they do uh, seed it throughout the game. So like at the very you can you unlock the first one at the very beginning of the game, and mm. then. It'll be like, oh, uh, 
we, we, there's a door locked. We have to unlock it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know later. So then it kind of has you play more of the game. And then it's like, okay, now you can go back there and do that. And there's there's sort of a uh, a little bit of a hinted at a story there. But uh, I haven't really played much else beyond that like first little section. So I can't comment right. on like where that goes or like does that wrap in a larger story? Is it its own side thing? I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it, it it. I would say like if you were looking for this specifically for the new content, like it's I. But uh, if you were just like, oh, I want to play <laughs> Death Stranding again, or I've never played it, or you know, like this is like a very it, this is like the definitive version. I would say it's very good. Um, it brings in a lot of the upgrades that like the PC version had uh they, they actually brought in the half-life stuff from the pc version into this which oh, wow. is like kind of weird yeah. uh, i wasn't expecting that i figured that would have been like a like a steam exclusive type thing um there's uh they added like ultra widescreen support which is hella weird fuck? yeah it, it's yeah, called widescreen on the menu the and only like... playstation or the only console game ever to get ultra widescreen support yeah it's it's not and when i say ultra widescreen support the game will run at ultra wide uh but the playstation 5 itself does not support ultra wide monitors so you're getting like the black bars uh, oh you can't but actually, you get the increased fov but you get the increased fov so you get the same that experience of, of ultra wide yeah so it's like you're you, the oh, game is actually it. true ultra wide I'm like you are getting a cinematic thing here right yeah yeah, yeah. but but like you, you get the uh the increased fov you get like the increased space on the side like same with the cutscenes. like it, it has that ultra wide experience but uh i like kojima had to work within the limitations of sony saying like that's nah man this so shit don't wild. work on ultra wide monitors <laughs> <laughs> like that's is, weird is as weird. hell but that's like the first thing that i've heard that has actually made sense with this whole director's cut like bull crap <laughs> that sony keeps peddling with these expansions <laughs> right? the fact that's like no this is my original vision like this giant like wide shot and sony being like no that's <laughs> not how games work and like cutting it down to fit standard screens um which is probably not at all what happened. They probably went the opposite way, but I, that I, makes I go, sense. That makes yeah. sense with a director's cut label. And, and I go back and forth on it because part of me, like, I, I kind of get annoyed at the black bars. And I was like, ah, like, I, I may, I don't know if I want to play on this, but at the same time, I actually do really like the way the game like looks in ultra wide mm. and like the increased FOV, I think like really like adds to the sense of like scale of the environments and, and kind of, uh, really like sucks you in but yeah you also get the black bars so you kind of have to pick and choose with this one let's play on pc and you got an ultra wide monitor in which case you're set uh but yeah man it's death stranding it's good oh yeah i'm excited to play it i really really want that kind of game right now so um yeah yeah, yeah I, I, you're I, I excited for that game right now with everything else that is coming <laughs> oh, out yeah. you're excited oh yeah for... i'm excited because <laughs> like it's also like it, it's it's surprisingly it's less demanding than people realize or it's as demanding as you allow it to be right like and jumping back into that game is like it is the equivalent of just stepping outside and going for a walk in a digital way right like it's you just kind of you have to barely pay attention you just kind of soak it in and that feels kind of not liberating, but like it's comforting at a time when every other game is you need to engage, think about this, learn new mechanics, experience new worlds. It's that comfort to it. So mm. I kind of think I'll have it as like a, a compliment to the other new games I'm playing 
or want to play, I think. I think that's a good way to play it. Is that okay with you, Jordan? I guess. I mean, I guess it's fine. It's there's there's so many games about to come out. I can't believe you're like trying to squeeze in a game that came out Dude, in 2019. I can't even it. fathom that. I'm gonna yeah. play it alongside Sable. I'm gonna play it alongside Deltarune. I'm gonna play it alongside Guardians. Tom. All these other games. Toem. Yeah, everything. I'm I'm getting I'm just lining it all up. I'm ready. Um, speaking of being ready, uh, Michael was up. Absurd hours for Final Fantasy stuff. Oh, you know what it is. You put, you bring me I on know. here. I gotta talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, yeah, this will, this will be, <laughs> this will be quick, or so I say. Uh, but yeah, the live, the live stream, the de- developer live stream, which covered all. <laughs> so I went into this. Co- I'm, I was covering it for, uh, for Fanbyte because that's what I do now. Um, so I was just like, yo, okay, it's seven o'clock on a Friday night. I'm ready to go. It's me and Mike Williams uh, posted up. Uh, ready to cover whatever uh, whatever news comes out, and we're like, okay, this focuses on the changes to every class. Like, so okay, so there probably be broad reaching things that we could probably do some breakouts on. These motherfuckers detailed changes for every single one of the jobs and classes in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> and there are 19 of them now. Two of which are completely new because they're coming with the new expansion. 17 of them are existing. Only like three of which I really, really play all the way, played all the way up to max level. So basically, I'm trying to cover all these fucking different things, which I kind of know few that i know like an expert and two that nobody knows about and i'm just like yo and that stream went on for six hours and 18 minutes and it was lovely it was great i it's yo we were <laughs> final fantasy 14 players were feasting uh this was it was so good there's a they oh my god so it's like all these changes coming to every single job uh and then so we did all kinds of breakouts on that it was it was intense because it was all like a learning process to where we have to and it was also it was in japanese but also there was a translator um but it was conversational style so trying to pick up on all the different details they were they were detailing uh was uh, a bit challenging but we did it it was cool and it made me really excited to try all these different classes that i haven't tried in final fantasy 14 like i'm excited to be a healer uh, i played astrologian which is cool because i got the flip around tarot cards and heal that way but now i want to play white mage i want to get ready for sage which is the new one coming i'm really excited to try the new reaper job but also um uh, there's like summoners and magic DPS classes that I really want to dig into now because I'm excited for the changes that they're bringing to along with the new expansion. So that was that was wild. And I started I started playing uh, more white mage uh, with Final Fantasy 14, and it's it, it it's making me see a different side. I think last time I was on here I was talking about fishing raids, uh, and then mm-hmm. so it's that feeling again where like oh there's this piece of this game that I knew was there but I didn't engage with it. But now that I'm engaging with it, I'm seeing the game from a very different perspective uh and there's still so much more to that game i I need to dig into but that live letter was wild because yeah all those different details on every single job and class in that game and walker's coming soon uh i couldn't be more excited but also within that was that uh, i think a lot of people were hyped up for data travel uh, data center traveling so no matter which server you're on you you would be able to meet up with uh, people who play on different servers which you can't really do now unless they're in like the same so there's servers and then there's data centers data centers house multiple servers and you can't travel between data centers but you can travel between 
the same servers on your own data center. So for example, um, like I can't hang out with Takis Fuego because Takis Fuego is mm. on a different data center. Uh, but mm. data center travel would allow that, that I can go over to uh, whatever data center you're on, Tam, and I could hang out with Takis Fuego and do quests and raids and all this other stuff. But they had to delay it. I think that was the big news ticket from that, alongside like all the different uh, updates and changes for all the jobs and classes, is that they plan to implement data center yeah, data center travel with the launch of Endwalker, but they're like, yo, we literally cannot do that right now. Uh, I think, and that, that's alongside that there's just so much traffic. There's so many new players and the servers are already being impacted. And they said that like the last thing that they want to do is implement this new change on launch day for their biggest expansion yet amidst all this wild, crazy server traffic that they're getting that it's unprecedented for them. They're still trying to build out new servers to handle all of this. So um, along with the, the launch of an expansion, you can imagine how many moving parts there are and how intense that is going to be on uh, server side. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I won't be able to kick it with Takis Fuego. But yeah, Final Fantasy XIV, man. Um, we're going to be getting... Uh, media is going to be getting hands-on with Endwalker very soon. Holy <laughs> shit, man. It's going to be... It's gonna be uh, a like just coming coming off of Deltarune in chapter two, going into the next Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. Yo, mm. I am eating good out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, and I also I just yo okay. So Toby Fox has been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I know you've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen because I made all the connections between Deltarune chapter two, chapters one and two. And all the other chapters are basically Final Fantasy XIV expansion packs. I see it. I already know where the story's going <laughs> because I made all the connections to fourteen. It's there. I see it. You sound mm. like you're losing your mind, Michael. No. You sound like no. you're losing your mind. There are character parallels between those two games. And it's a story about <laughs> lightness and darkness and the, the clashing and the grayness of morality and all this other bullshit. It's Oh, it's so good. Okay. Of course, when Endwalker is out, you will be able to read all the most deep and insightful commentary on it on gamespot.com and nowhere else but uh, <laughs> <Damn>. and, <laughs> uh jordan you've been playing kenna register spirits is this is up and uh, we gave it a pretty good review phil gave it a nine hell yeah very nine out of it. ten what do you make mm, of it wonderful review uh I know, John Luke, you've been playing it too, so I want to know if you feel the same way about this. Uh, Kena, like, might be my biggest surprise gaming-wise for this year. Not in the sense of, like, oh my god, I'm amazed that this game is good. I had hoped and assumed that it was going to be a good game, but, like, Kena's one of those releases that, like, press hasn't had a ton of hands-on with. And we haven't seen too many, like, actual gameplay trailers for the game. Like, they've kind of been focusing on, like, hey, we're, we were an animation studio, so this game is going to be pretty as fuck. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this game looks really, really cool and pretty. But I also kind of expected it to be your kind of standard, maybe, like, Ratchet and Clank 3D platformer or more Legend and Zelda puzzle game. And, like, it does have some of those elements but, like, I didn't take too much attention to the fact that, like, 
six months ago, Game Informer had, like, Kena as, like, their headlining thing for one of their magazines, and in it, they're talking mm. to one of the founders of Ember Lab, the developer, and they're like, oh, yeah, a lot of people at our studio are huge into Sekiro, Shadow Side Twice, and the Soulsborne games. And it was, like, this one random sentence. I didn't take much heed of that, so when I played Kena, like, the first thing that shocked me was, like, wow, this game is really fucking hard like it's it's surprisingly yeah, it is, yeah. really difficult and i did not expect that at all given it's art style like i'm not saying that wholesome cutesy looking games they can't be hard but just the way that kane was presented i did not mm, expect yeah. going into it that when i was going to start playing it and facing some of the bosses i was like this is like on par with like some of the battles i've had in sekiro bloodborne and dark souls 3 like the no. attacks have to be like parried and dodged at like really precise times. And I have to like keep make sure that I don't heal too soon because a very limited amount of times to heal. And this is like a dance of death that if I get if I'm a tempo off, I am going to be wrecked in the worst possible way. And there's just like no conceivable way that I can recover unless I just play the rest of this boss fight mm. perfectly. And I'm like. I'm amazed that they were able to hide the fact that this game <laughs> is going to be really, really hard all the way up until it uh, released. Like, unless I just missed something somewhere where they mentioned, like, oh, by the way, this game is going to be mm. incredibly hard. But, like, it's got it's got great boss design. It's got, like, some of the best, like, boss battles I think I've played in almost any video game. I love it. I love it so much. That is the thing that is... Uh made it shoot up to the top of the, my must playlist the the mention of Sekiro style design or or challenge and Dark Souls style challenge but I'm I'm super super keen to play that game super keener to play that game you know what I'm saying wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, Jean-Luc what do you make of it ah uh, I feel bad cuz I don't I don't feel like I I don't like it as much as everyone else not to say wow. I don't like it but that's not I don't think it's a good game but at least like Right now, and maybe maybe it's just the context in which I'm playing it or the current headspace I'm in, but like I'm not I'm not feeling it quite as much. Part of it actually is that combat difficulty, because I think the rest of the game, when it comes to like the platforming and the exploration, the puzzle solving is so like chill and easygoing that like mm -hmm. the difficulty of the combat just sort of frustrates me more than mm. I find it enjoying because I'm like I'm like, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for right now. Like I'm, I like I'm, oh, I'm having such a good time, like wandering around and like finding the different rots and doing the little puzzles. And then it's like, all right, now you got to do this really hard boss. And I'm like, I don't want it. Ah, this isn't what I want. What I want at the moment. Um, but I like, I respect what it's going for. Uh, mm. with that stuff, it's just like for whatever reason, that's not clicking with me. There's also like a few, like weird minor things that are like very specific to me. Like I find. Uh, so Kenna's movement to be like kind of stiff like uh, she she doesn't have uh, any because I was trying to figure out like why her Anna why her her walking just like fell off to me and I realized it's because she doesn't have any uh, like forward momentum like a build up to her run animation she just like immediately goes one to a hundred which I think mm. makes perfect sense for the combat feels a little weird with the platforming i don't know like something about it like was just not quite clicking with me um 
the the I I like the puzzles. I like the I mean, it looks fucking gorgeous. Like yeah. I mean, like just wandering around it, you're like, holy shit. Um, but like, yeah, like the platforming, it's like it's fine. It's a little, little basic. It feels a lot like a PS2 throwback, like a huge PS2 throwback. Like they were like, all right, uh, Jack and Daxter, old school Ratchet and Clank, like let's go, like you know, like that kind of energy. And I like mad respect for that. And I like part of me loves that about it, but there's another part of me that's like, m- like I played so many like 2000 era like. Alice Madness Return, like Al- like it reminds me of, like Alice actually a lot. Like American McGee's Alice is actually maybe the one that it reminded me the most of. Like in terms of the way it feels, like the platforming and and stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. I've kind of played like so many of these as a kid that like m- maybe I'm I'm just like coming wanting more out of that genre. Mm. I don't know. It feels like a me problem because I, like <laughs> no one else is like feeling this way about it at all. No, and- I mean I I totally get it cuz it it does that thing like going off your like a PS2 comparison and there's like a bunch of things where it's like oh when you're about to reach a new cutscene it doesn't do that thing that games today do where it kind of just like naturally flows into a cutscene. It's like there's a pause, like a very quick fade to black then fade yeah. back in to like go into the cinematic when Kana's jumping to like grab a ledge. Uh, you have to be like exactly angled onto the ledge. Like if there's any deviation, she just kind of like doesn't she grab like the, the ledge, the and she just kind of it like it hits <laughs> off her shins, and she just falls down. It's like oh, like this is a problem that I have not encountered in video games in like a decade. She, like, <laughs> she's got that really infuriating uh Dak and uh Jack and Daxter double jump where like the first jump is like really good and then the second jump is like a little spin that like it's just a little mm-hmm. hop and you're like no like uh, like it always feels like you're not going to like grab the like uh you're going to like get onto the ledge like you do like obviously it's designed in a way where you do but like there's that part of me that's always like Ugh, like this I wish this double it's jump. It's clearly felt. been designed for the combat cuz like in the combat yeah. it's like oh you jump and then you'll double jump and it's like, oh, now you're high enough to possibly jump over the attack. Like in Sekiro, when there's those unblockable attacks that you have to jump over the enemy and on them. Yeah. Or it might be a case where you're double jumping, then you can do a uh, downward slash or you can do that slow-mo freeze thing in the air where you're charging your bow and you can like snipe someone from midair. Like clearly all of Kana's movements have been... Mm designed to appeal to the very challenging combat gauntlets that she has to go through so that they feel a little bit strange i will give you that john look they feel a little bit strange when then they translate over to the puzzle and the yeah. platforming yeah. Yeah. segments I- you're like oh i kind of expected her jump to be a little further outward or at least appear to be further outward than it does and it's like oh but it's designed more to like give her the height in combat so that she can snipe enemies from afar jump over their yeah attacks. I, I think that's it because it's like yeah it's like it the the movement feels better for the combat and doesn't feel quite as good for maybe the platforming but also i'd rather be doing the platforming than the combat so like my brain is like none of these are quite hitting for me like as hard as as i want them to um but i still want to keep playing it and like you know, maybe maybe I just need to like take a break and come back in like a better headspace for it because I I do think all the the praise for the game is like absolutely well deserved. Um, and like if this game has any interest, you have any interest in this, like you should absolutely pick it up. It's just like for whatever reason, this exact moment, yeah. uh, it's not hitting me as much as I want. 
Yeah, I'm I'm still very keen to play it. Um, at least check it out. But yeah, very keen uh, to play it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I said that. I said that already. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly like I'm I'm spending a lot of my time kind of um having on on the post review come down where I just want to play something that doesn't require too much like not thought but like too much investment and the game that i've kind of leaned in on is hades which i'm playing on stream mm. um, a lot and i don't think I, i'm not going to take any time talking about hades at length because i think everyone's talked about it thoroughly it's fantastic and i played mm. it initially when it first came out in early access and i was like i'm going to come back to this when when it comes out in you know completed and i didn't get a chance to come back to it and i did and uh, recently, and I'm having a hell of a time. I got the uh, the gauntlet. Hell of a time. Hell oh, of we a were time. supposed to just let it go, Michael. No, <laughs> not, no, not no, on no, my no, watch. No, no, no. <laughs> See, this is this is why I need Haim around. This is not why on my he's watch, always yo. got my back. Wait, what, ga my what back. game are you talking about? What, what game are you talking about? I already did this, Haim. I already Hades did this. Nuts. <laughs> Hades <laughs> nuts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, great game. Continue. Uh, yeah, I, I've got the uh, the I, I can't remember what they're called. The gauntlets. The fists of. Do you see this? I don't know. I might make oh, it up. the best, um, the best weapons in the game. Yes, yes I love those. that because it's got like the uh, <laughs> it's got the long range punches and then the dragon punch and then you get the Zeus's stuff on it, the boons and. Yeah, and then Artemis is best girl. So I am Artemis. Oh yeah. my god, I love Artemis so much. So I good. love her design. So Shouts out to Gen Z. She's Gen Z is like the uh, oh. not, not not the generation of that that came after millennials. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Gen Z. <laughs> Gen Z is her name. She is like the lead artist for all of Super Giant stuff. Her character designs are just. Oh, she's. I've been too in good. love with her yeah. art for like. I want a video game specifically about that. Artemis, like the Artemis yeah. that is in Hades. Yeah, like Hades. I, the first time I saw him, like man, and the I can't remember who voices her, um, but just like the like raspiness that she brings to the yeah. role, and the fact that like there's mm -hmm. like an underlying like bit of hurt and trauma like in her past that she keeps alluding to. I'm like, I want this story. I want this video game, and I'm like. Ah. I can't remember yeah. who voices I'm, her. That's gonna bug yeah, me. Yeah, I'm I'm very into <laughs> Artemis. I like Artemis a lot. Artemis and uh, Sisyphus are the my two favorite characters. Sisyphus is just a good egg, like a wholesome dude. He's oh, like, he's he's, the, he's a thick, he's a thick boy, thick boy, right? He's thick as hell, yeah. And like yeah. the first time you give him the nectar, he's like, "You shouldn't give this to me. You know, this is too good for me." And I was like, "Bro, oh yeah, he's very sweet. You're, you're the best. Yeah, he's very sweet. Aww. So those those are, those are my guys. And um, so I'm playing a lot of that. Um, but I'm gonna jump into Kina next, I think. Um, Kina and Sable. We also published a review for Sable today, uh, ri uh -huh. written by frequent reviewer, excellent writer, um, Richard Wakeling, and he gave that a 9 out of 10 and um, said it was like really, really lovely open world exploration game. Um, no combat, just focuses on learning the world and experiencing it, and it sounds amazing. So I'm going to check that out for sure as well. Um, those are my main things. I've also been watching uh, I Am Blooded Orphans, which is What's a... Gundam, Gundam my dude. Gundam. It's a Gundam Ooh. show. I I traditionally do not like Gundam. Like um I I don't oh, like what? I don't like I don't like mecha anime very much. Oh, I'm not, really? not that I don't okay. like them. I don't I don't like they don't hit for me. Yeah, it's I just watch not your Macross. Vibe, right? Yeah, I hit, I watched Macross back in the day and I enjoyed that mainly because it was like very musical. Um mm -hmm. and I I like um the original Gundam. I kind of watched it more out of interest just instead of being like I'm very into this. Um and there's parts of uh, 
what's it called the one that everyone loves with um with the max uh are you talking about e ava Evangelion? No, Evang Evangelion, I love. That's the one okay, that I'm like say. very, very like, into. I will not stand no, for any uh, Ava slander. <laughs> no, 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 no. Evangelion is Evangelion is the one thing that Evangelion is that the 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 show that makes me think maybe there is. I'm just not finding the right specific vibe of my right. Yeah. Clearly, it's Zoids. Um, Zoids is what you're thinking. <laughs> Zoids. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I forgot the name of the anime. It's very popular. You know, lads underground, and then they come up to the top. Red, Gurren Lagann? Gurren Lagann, that's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I a, watched that's a, a Ben Jacob like, special. Yeah, I watched that, and I was like, not for me. Um, and ah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's fair. That's fair. But I yeah. can hear Ben's heart breaking right now. <laughs> well, I, mm, I'm, Blood yeah. Orphans, I'm Blood Orphans is a Gundam show um, that is more specifically focused on the human character. I know mean, a lot of Gundam shows are also focused on the human characters, but like this is about a, like a ragtag bunch of kids who are basically discarded and, and like are living on Mars like planet um, and like fending for their life. And they're part of a military, but they're treated like shit. They're basically like thrown... They're the, they're the team that are constantly thrown at the danger so that the 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 A team can basically like uh get away with, you know, just retreating or thinning out the enemy so then they can come along and they just there's this little team that could that constantly is just fighting above they're punching above their, their weight constantly. Oh. And they've come together as a unit and they've started to realize that they need to look out for themselves because no one else is looking out for them. So it's this little team that is like existing inside this corrupt or like this degrading system, but also is like rebelling against it in ways. You know, it's that kind of vibe where their leader is like very much aware of how they're being exploited and is making decisions and making actions that are just skirting the line of like showing the middle finger to the authority, but doing it in a way where they can't outright like like sentence him to jail or anything like that but ultimately is is like looking after his crew and i'm like three or four episodes in it's way more at least at least to begin with it starts off it has the political stuff that you want out of it with different factions but it's not all focused on look i've got a massive robot um it's more like smaller utility units fighting and then when the robot appears the gundam appears you're like holy shit and it oh, packs a punch because man. of it um, like you get a you get a Gundam fight within the first episode, but it's not a Gundam fight in the way that you see most Gundam fights. It's kind of like the way they use their the Avas in in the first uh, the first few episodes, where it like the Avas in the first few episodes of Eng of Evangelion, they show up, do like a punch and a kick, and then power down because everything's fucked. And you're like, yeah. oh, I see what's <laughs> going on. Um, yeah, uh, it's that it's kind of that more that kind of vibe to begin with. Because, like, the Gundams that they find, they look like the iconic Gundams that we know, but they've also been abandoned for a really long time. So it's like, and, and the pilots are kind of, like, not familiar with them and not synchronized with them in a, in a way. But it's a really, really good show. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, it, it's, like, written by Mari Okada, who's a, a female mangaka or screenwriter and director. Mm -hmm. And she's worked on a bunch of things um that are, that are really cool like black butler vampire night and fate stay night and Ooh, a few other things fate stay she also, night. Oh. yeah Hell she yeah. also <laughs> she also worked on uh she also worked on hamtaro 
Uh, so, hell yeah. Oh, hell there yeah. it is. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, she worked on uh, Lupin the Third, uh, the woman oh, called Fujiko Mine. Um, so she's got a... Damn. She's she's got an uh, eclectic. She's like very storied, like uh, writer. Bunch of amazing, amazing stuff behind it. And it's two seasons apparently. Um, both seasons are bangers. Um, so I would highly re- recommend it. It's on Netflix, which is what I'm watching it on, and I'm having yeah. a real good time. Oh, um, dog! You talking about this has like shot this all the way up to the top of my list. This is checking every <laughs> single box it's, that I it's, want. I, I I feel like you'd like it a lot. I feel oh, like you'd like it. A damn. Lot. And then the other thing that I was watching was like I caught up on My Hero Academia. This season has been kind of mid, but they they covered mm-hmm. the Shigaraki Tomura uh, origins, the main villain origins in this in these last two episodes, and that is that story is one of the most traumatizing stories in My Hero Academia. Yep. Academia. Yep. It feels like completely different. <laughs> it feels like uh, this is. It feels like it goes from hey, this is um, uh, a a. A take on superheroes to hey we gave this series to Junji Ito for a couple of episodes holy and shit like what the fuck is going on um and where, where is this at what what how far is this in this is like the latest I can't remember the exact episode numbers but uh it's like the latest two episodes in season five and I, I oh, okay, it's weird shit. because yeah, they I'm switched it didn't they because in yeah, the manga it's... like this arc comes before the uh um arc where Bakugo, Midori, and Todoroki are doing their thing. Uh, And they switched it for the anime, and I'm like, at first I thought they were just going to skip this arc, and I'm like, that's an odd choice. That's an odd choice. Well, there were some questions about whether they would do it, because it's genuinely that fucked up. In the manga, it's, like, worse. Because it's like, it is, I mean, this is a boy who, anytime he touches anything, it decays. And he also has childhood trauma. So you can see where that goes. <laughs> Put two and, and, it two like, <laughs> and it is like genuine. I think, John Luke, I don't know if you're caught up, but like, or even I am like, you can watch those two episodes as a self-contained in isolation story. Okay. And it will, you'll come away feeling like, one, you'll come away feeling that was heartbreaking. You'll, two, you'll be like, that is well fucked up. And why is it in okay. this show? <laughs> if, if I stopped, what, like season three? I mean, like, the, yeah, could season I four just like great. hop in and just. I mean, like you, 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 you've, you've got or... the context because you know who uh, Shigaraki Tomura is because he was in season mm-hmm. one and two and three. Um, right, right, right. So like, it would be good. You, 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 you have the necessary context, which is the familiarity with the character. The things that will be weird is where they're currently at. The the actual like exploration of his story takes place within the context of a battle that is happening that you don't have context for. Oh, okay, so, okay. It's so like, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. It is like, uh, it is like, imagine if you were getting uh, Goku's backstory in the middle of the Cell games. You'd be like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, uh, but it is still doable. And honestly, like the actual fight that's happening around them is kind of not great. It's like okay, so but like it's only in the second half of episode two that that comes back in. You could watch the the Tomura episodes. Um, and not really be spoiled about what's going on. And I would recommend it even. It might get you to, it might make you want to watch, uh, catch up on it because it is real good. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. So let's move on to listener questions. If you would like to send us a listener question, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or join our Discord. You can DM me or Lucy to get an uh, invite to that. And um, Michael, can you read this first question, please? 
Yes. Hi, y'all. Also, I'm... apologies in advance. This question's like hella old. We have like so oh, many. Yeah, yeah. we've got. I was wondering, like, is Michael here I've... just to answer this I've... question? Because saw... it feels I've like seen... a Michael question. I've seen this question <laughs> on like the last like two episodes while I was on ago. Uh, but anyway, hi, y'all. I'm emailing because I'm listening to the Giant Bombcast, quote unquote, this week. Uh, AKA GameSpot After Dark featuring Jan and Jeff, which was when I was on the Bombcast as well. Uh, two months ago. <laughs> uh, like, I think it was like, yeah, two months ago. And I think I've heard a couple times that you can't join up your friends in Final Fantasy XIV without paying, which is, uh, which while sort of true, it is pretty easy to circumvent. First, the party must be made by someone who has paid for the game because they are allowed to friend people who are in the free trial. They can invite friends, uh, or they can invite everyone who is on the free trial and then everyone can go adventuring together also free trial users can join a cross world link shell so that's another way to have an fc like experience hope that helps thanks to michael for getting me addicted to a game that made him cry best david oh david yo yeah. playing final fantasy I, 14 uh you know the that wasn't vibes. a question that wasn't a question at I all know, i know it wasn't a question <laughs> we just came in i just i just wanted to give give mike his 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 dues dap him up yeah. for the community shouts out um, to david for 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 letting the folks know spreading the good <laughs> word uh the the critically acclaimed mmorpg that has a free trial up to level 60 no restrictions on playtime, and you get the first expansion, Heaven's Word, for free. Uh, Jordan, can you read the second question? For sure. Hey, After Dark crew, love the podcast. I'm a veterinarian practicing for over 12 years. Bless you. You keep our fur babies healthy. Love you, love you a lot. Uh, and love hearing you talk about your fur babies in addition to video games. I was listening to episode 106. Okay, so this is probably this is more feedback uh, than question actually (laughs) and you were talking about your kitty's frequent vomiting like it was normal i missed this conversation i was not (laughs) on this podcast frequently vomiting once a week or more is not normal in a cat yes long-haired cats can occasionally get hairballs which you will usually see in the vomit but if you have a cat that vomits once a day or even just once a week you really should bring that up with your primary care veterinarian i can't really offer a lot of advice without an existing veterinary client patient relationship but cats can have food sensitivities or other chronic Oh, man, I am not going to even try to pronounce that word. Gastrointestinal. Gastrointestinal ailments that can be treated with changes in diet or sometimes medications. Again, I would highly recommend you bring this up at your next veterinarian wellness appointment or sooner if you are seeing any weight loss. I really appreciate how much you love cats and games as much as I do. (gasps) Well, that was, uh, I wanted to read that so we could get a Brinks update. How's Brinks doing, John Luke? Brinks, I love you, Brinks. I miss you very much. She's good. We just got her a little seasonal collar. She's got a little candy corn themed uh, holiday season. She did throw up two days ago on our bed. Uh Um, You hate to see it. So the throwing up has not stopped. It it, it had slowed down for a little bit, though. So we were like feeling good about it. We're like, ah, cool. Like we figured this out. And then she threw up and we're like, ah, shit. Um, Well, guess Uh it's still happening. Um, But yeah, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, we're obviously like every time it happens, we're very like, like, what should we do? Should we go to the vet? Uh, you know, I uh, we do. I think you know, I definitely want to like talk to a, a veterinarian about it. But also like, um, like Jen and Max were like, yeah, she just like throws up all the time. Like apparently she's just always been like that. I don't know if that's 
that's not really a good thing that necessarily. They can't, can't be normal, but like a 12, 12 year like, twelve oh. year vet says it's <laughs> not normal. So you know. Yeah. Uh, but Brinks is she's doing all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, my my cat. One of my cats, Kiki San, the older of the two, the, the white one. Unfortunately, she's just started pissing in places that aren't her little box anymore. Oh and I no! Think it's she's, I think it's because she's stressed. Um, and she's like, she's Aww. got a, she's got a hypothyroid issue and, Aww. uh, we have to take her to the vet and like, she's lost a lot of weight and Aww. yeah, she's sadly Kiki, Kiki-san is having a rough time and, uh, isn't in a good place right now. So I'm like, okay, just piss where you want, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I won't God, be mad yeah. at you. Um, um but oh. the other one, the, the other one's fine. Just absolutely Hi. sleeping oh, all the time. Hey, sleepy cat. Wow, <laughs> so cute. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and who, who's, the, who's that feedback from? That, that feedback was from? Uh, Michael from New York. Hey. Michael from New York. Hey. Hey. I'm trying to take care of my cat over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we do have some questions, but unfortunately, we'll have to save those for next week. I want you to get, back, get through some of the feedback and start clearing the catalog backlog. But we've got a few down, um, so we're getting closer to the actual questions. Many of which come from Rocket Scientist, who's just putting in work with the questions. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, Michael, where can people find you? Ah, shit. You could find me in all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter and um, and at fanbyte.com, where uh, you can check out things such as a Lost Judgment review, uh, frequent coverage of Final Fantasy XIV, uh, and shit like that. Uh, I left GameSpot to start a Final Fantasy XIV vertical, which is coming soon. Uh, which is going to be an offshoot of Fanbyte. So I am that is what I'm working on. That's the project that I'm actually heading up. So when the time comes, um, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll be making big announcements and showcasing uh, a uh, a website specifically dedicated to Final Fantasy XIV very soon. You cannot go back to Vanbyte and say what I did about episodic games and life is strange too i just realized ooh, where you work now and like ooh, they they will crucify natalie, me natalie <laughs> natalie and ken are about to hear this you hate to see it. jordan where how, where are you and what are you up to uh people can find me on twitter at jm ramey uh i'll say when this podcast goes up i either will be very excited about the hollow knight silk song announcement that happened at the nintendo direct and i'll be posting about that or i'll be once again enduring the bullying from everyone around me it's like ha jordan mm. i can't believe you expected to hear about silk song nintendo's never going to give that to you so i'll be in <laughs> one of two headspaces we'll see we'll see <laughs> i think it's gonna be the latter sadly I can believe, Tam, this is the last chance, even if it's just like the Sifu trailer at the PlayStation event, we're like, you know what, we know you've been looking forward to this game, this game's not coming out this year, it's coming out in 2022. I'm like, you know what, I'm cool with that, just give me anything, Team Cherry. You can even just like have like a one <laughs> second clip of just like Hornet like jumping from one side of the screen to the other while they're like switching from one game to the next game. And I'll be content with that. Just like admit that the game still exists somewhere. <laughs> Keep holding that hope. Jean-Luc, where you at? What are you up to? Uh, you can find me 
at John Luke Seipke on Twitter. Uh, apparently, all that Nintendo stuff got leaked, or a good chunk of it. It's, it's leaking hard. It's leaking hard. It's leaking what? hard. <laughs> uh, oh shit! I gotta check that I, out. I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what it what it is yet, but uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some of the. There's no silk song on the list. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it might not be everything. It might not be everything. You don't know. I want to. I want to. I don't want to disappoint you, Jordan. I want. I want you. I just want Jordan to be happy. You know what? That's what I want. Yeah. I want. Twenty twenty one has just happy. been constant disappointment, John Luke. Oh, I can't say that we got a new Metroid, <laughs> Metroid Five. I can't be too hard. Oh, on oh, oh, that's the next big game I'm excited <laughs> yeah. for. Like, oh man, I've been I've been playing all of them. I'm going through Fusion right now. I'm fucking ready. Oh, it's so Every soon. Every night in bed, I get out my D, my 3ds and I play a little bit of uh, Samus Returns. Just for like an yeah. hour in bed, nice. and I'm like, ooh, like I'm really excited about it. So, Amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be here, hanging out, hanging out, making podcasts, covering games. I will Hell also yeah. be here, hanging out, making podcasts, and covering games. And you can find me on Twitter at tomorrowh, or if you want to watch me stream, you can find me on twitch.tv slash tomorrowh. You'd love to see it. Um, and we will see you next week. Peace. Bye. Peace. Bye.